Hello everyone, I'm here with Rod Dillon. He's the owner of Wisebury Peninsula, a real estate office in Umina, uh, in New South Wales, Australia. And I really love his story because he's got something really special. He's got the same amount of hours as us, but he's doing something really special in his life. And I think it's going to be really worthwhile us listening to his content. Hi Rod, how are you doing? Good morning Thomas, how are you today? Excellent mate, do you want to give us a little bit of background about you? Yeah Thomas, I uh, look I you know, grew up on the central coast and uh, it's a beautiful place in the world, mum and dad, and uh, yeah. dad passed away in 2001. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah look, he, as I said, he was, uh, <coughs> he was a heavy smoker and uh, that got hold of him and um, yeah, but he taught me uh, a lot of life lessons and certainly um, you know, made me understand what what's uh, important in life and what's sort of not so important and, and what you've got to do to get the job done. Okay, just tell us maybe about uh, one or two examples of, of the lessons that he gave you. Uh, look, it, it sort of is uh, an interesting character. He got up early, he was like clockwork. He got up in the morning, um, he was very routine and yeah, he just sort of, he knew his responsibility in life and you know, went to work with whether he was sick or, or had a bit of a cough, he never ever not went to work every single day. He was a guy that sort of said whatever he said that he was going to do, he did. And uh, yeah, he sort of had good mates. One of the things that was everyone loved him, he was a good mate's mate. And uh, you're, going, you're going too fast, you're going too fast. Let's go back to the first thing that you said, right? So did he talk to you about how early he'd wake up every day or did you see him wake up? So no, it was his actions, yeah, it was his actions. He right. just, he wasn't one to actually see. He said very little actually. And I, a lot of times he taught me also what not to do. And that was his actions. I didn't actually quite agree with a lot of times. Um, and he didn't tell me not to do them. I just saw what he did sometimes that just made me think, oh, that's not exactly how I want to do things. Okay. But are you guys all like this? Because I've seen families where the father wakes up all the time very early. Still the kids are in bed and haven't got the, uh, didn't get the message. Yeah, look, it was just the way it was. I mean, a lot of times, you know, he he come home and, uh, you know, as I said, he, he worked long hours and uh, back in the days there, they, you know, they finished their job and went to the pub and, and he had half a dozen schooners and when he got home, he had dinner on the table and he fell asleep after it. Right, I see. Then uh, you also spoke about the, um, the mateship. Yeah, so he, one of the things that, he always had people around him and, and again what I noticed that he loved his mates and he used to sort of always gather together and whether that was having a few beers and a bet together, I just found that that mateship sort of was really important um, and I, whenever something needed to doing he built a shed down the back and all of a sudden ten blokes appeared. You know, electrician, a plumber, a, you know, a builder, a, a metal roofer, everyone appeared and I thought yeah, that's pretty special to, you know, to be able to sort of just make that happen pretty quickly. And I thought, well, he wouldn't have been able to do that on his own. So you need people in life, you know, all sorts of you know, walks of life. You just need people around you to, to get where you need to get at the end of the day. So definitely um, that's what I've sort of learned from him there. Yeah. So you've been working in real estate for how long now? Uh, it's about 21 years. All right. And uh, how many of those years have you been working for somebody else? The first, uh, what's that, 13 years were yes. um, with a company in Woi Woi. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the difference between working for someone else, working for yourself? I mean, this is a big topic, man. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it, 
wasn't real much different. I, I sort of went to work and again in the office there was, was a group of people which I looked at as my teammates, um, like a football team. You know, I was heavily involved in, in sport and teams uh, and I still am today. So yeah. I just looked at that work as, as team. You got in there and everyone got in there and worked hard together. If someone was down, you helped them. Um, and we all got the job done. So, you know, it was fun. It was a good people. We had good people around us. At the end of the day, though, I didn't have that, probably that little bit of that work-life balance. That was the huge difference that I found that now working for myself, I still see, I don't go in there and see myself as the boss. I don't see myself as any different than a receptionist or the salesperson. I don't see that. Yep. I just go in there and I see them as my teammates. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that we're all working hard. And if someone's down, I'll go and see what's up and I'm pretty good at noticing when somebody's down and just making sure that they're, they're okay. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But the big difference is the lifestyle and the balancing of life is a bit different now. So that's the biggest thing, yeah, I, I, is now being an owner is, is that I have that flexibility to do that. I'm lucky because I've got, we've got good people in the office. Yeah. Uh, you know, Josh and, you know, and Troy there and, and Michelle, you know, they're obviously the senior people in the office. Uh, and now Anthony coming along there too. So we've got good people there and that's allowed me to probably, I always felt guilty taking that little bit of time off. Actually, Josh and I were talking about it in the car coming down this morning, that I feel guilty having time off because I should be in the trenches in there doing work with them. Mm -hmm. Only because of those people around me, they've actually almost tried to push me out of the office and say, no, no, you, you've, you've earned that time to go and have some time with the family. Yeah, because when, when it doesn't work or when it's quiet and we're losing money, it's also on you, right? So that's the price of balance sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so while you can enjoy it. Now, ju just tell me a little bit about your life circumstances now, because our listeners probably don't realize what's going on in your life. They think, like most of us, we go to work and we go home and everything's nice, you know? Do you want to share with us a little bit about your life? Yeah, so the, so I've got four children and yep. uh, and our younger and beautiful children and uh, the last one, you know, she come out sort of uh, disabled and um, and it was, she was born perfectly normal. So she uh, had Rett syndrome and and that's a where they go backwards, they regress, they go backwards. So they start to get some milestones going forward and then they go backwards. So. Bobby's now 14 and yep. yeah, she can't walk, she can't talk, she's got all sort of um, uh, gut problems and scoliosis and, and um, feeding and gastro problems and so forth. So she, her care is 24-7 um, and uh, with medications and feeding and she's on a drip feed overnight. So her bedroom basically looks like a hospital room, right. um, hooked up with all these monitors and everything. So that is pretty intense and full on. We have a little hobby farm where we've got a, you know, like my wife's um, involved in a, she breeds little miniature goats and, and a couple of alpacas and she she milks them for soap and uh, makes soap out of them. And uh, so we've got that. I also run uh, the local touch football competition. Um, I'm the president there. I've been the president for the last probably 12 years. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, and I coach a lot of the, the, the rep teams as well. So. I've probably put too much on my plate, but having said that, my home life with Bobby is extremely difficult, but it is extremely fulfilling. I get a lot of satisfaction out of her, and she inspires me a lot of the time with the stuff that she has to go through every day, and she just 
goes without any problems, any troubles, and, and, and I look at her and I go, wow, she's, I don't have much to worry about. Yeah, I, I like to talk about that inspiration, but let's go back first. So can you just tell us about one day in your life? Yeah, so, so obviously waking up in the morning, um, it's a little bit like clockwork. My wife normally gets up a little bit before me and starts getting all the medical. So what time is that we're talking about? Um, about six o'clock. Yep. Uh, but having said that, my wife probably gets up to Bobby nearly every hour yep. on the hour there just because of if she's got a machine on her, she's got a breathing machine on her and, and there's a monitor as well for her heart rate and, um, and her oxygen levels because they drop. Yep. So she'll probably get up early every hour and every now and then if I hear a, a different noise in the machine, I'll get up and, and do that as well. But you know, generally I'm a heavier sleeper, so Jody tends to be yep. the one that's doing that. So she'll get up at six o'clock, get all the medicines ready and, and um, give her all the medicines. And then she'll sort of, um, because of the weight and heaviness of Bobby, um, I'll get up there and I'll probably change Bobby's nappy and and uh, and get a dress and, and ready for school. Yep. She has a special school um, she goes to down in Warunga, uh, St Lucy's, and uh, we've got to get her ready for the bus. So I'll get Bobby ready with uh, with Jody, and then I'll get myself ready, and then I've got to I've got to be out the door smack on a certain time, which is roughly around about seven thirty, yep. uh, because I've got to get Lucy to school at, at the bus stop. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll keep going to work myself. So generally, I work the full day. And so, and what time are you at work? Just about eight o'clock, probably okay. eight between eight and quarter past eight. Yeah. Um, but depending on traffic, yeah. So yeah. normally, as soon as I get in there, I'll um, I'll look at um, what's on for the day, uh, have a look at sort of the TCD in terms of what the team's got on, and then I'll uh, I'll look at some to dos of of things that I've got to get done in the day, and mm -hmm. make sure that they've got to get done, and then I'll look at um, some emails and that as well before we start training at 8.30. Every morning we start at clock right on smack on 8.30. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and then the rest done. of the day you run as a salesperson. You, you as got a sales your own appointments and sales appointments, listing appointments. Yeah, so that, that, that's probably not as much these days, even though I am uh, a salesperson during the day. Um, I've got to also look after the business and running the business and, and um, the paperwork and all that sort of stuff that goes with running a business. Yes. Um, I tend to take that part of the business on. Um, so, and I'm also doing looking after the team and the staff and making sure that you know, everyone wants a, some information or some guidance or some help in, in what they need doing during the day. So I'll do that as well. Mm -hmm. um, and um, Then there's a time when you have to leave and... Yeah, so, so obviously that'll be um, anywhere from sort of, you know, probably half past five to six o'clock. Yep. Uh, and then jump in the car and I'll, I live about a half an hour away from the office. So the moment I jump in my car, I, I'll make probably four or five phone calls from there to home. And uh, I tend to make sure that I make them my last call because the moment I get inside my house, I'll, I can sit in the in my driveway for half an hour if I haven't finished that conversation. But I want to make sure I finish that conversation before I get inside because I, I don't want to take work inside. Mm. Um, so if that, if that phone call is going and it's important for whatever reason, if, whether it's a five minute phone call or a 45 minute phone call, I'll stay in that car until that phone call's done because I won't take that in inside. Okay, what was, what was that decision for? I mean, I, I know that because sometimes I call you at seven, you don't actually yeah. call me back, yeah. right? So that's, I find it insulting, for, you know, but I, I can live with that. Now, do you want to tell us, like, what, was, what made you decide that? Uh, look, I just always don't like 
mixing. You know, when I'm home, I'm home with the kids. It's their time. And I know that Jody needs help from that time with Bobby. And I know the other kids will need time. And, and it might be that something that they might need help with during the day or, or whatever. And I like to know what they've done during the day because I can learn something from what they've done. Yeah. Um, so Has I it always been like this? Yeah. Did you always decide it from the moment you had your first one? Yeah. Wow. Well, what about Bobby Joe with her requirements? I, I, I thought also there was a story where for quite a while you didn't even see each other between Jody and, and yourself. Look, a lot of times, you know, that we needed to juggle sort of, you know, like with uh, she was doing some work and stuff like that, whereas she was in working in the actual hospital herself. And uh, I used to get home and uh, when I got home, she'd go off and do, you know, a, a four or five or six hour shift. And uh, so a lot of times, yeah, we wouldn't even sort of see each other from the time I got home to the time she got home. So yeah. Yeah, w what about these people who said, well, that's not a balanced life. That's not what I really want to do uh, with my life. You know, if I'm married some, to someone, I, I want to be able to go home and spend the time with them. Work is only work. It's not really, it's only a small portion of our life. What do you tell those people? Well, sometimes, yeah, look, I mean, if that's the way you, you know, you want to sort of approach life, that's fine. But sometimes you're not, you don't have those choices. Uh, we certainly didn't have that choice, you know, with Bobby. Um, she needs 24-7 care, so there has to be somebody that understands her, knows her medicine, her medication needs. And again, you've got to be able to afford all your, put food on the table and uh, all the bills and that, running a household. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we didn't have that luxury, but I, I wouldn't change that. I, I certainly wouldn't change the way that worked. But what about the team? I mean, don't you have, sometimes, you know, your employees or workers thinking, hold on, if the boss can go home at 5.30, uh, I'm going to go home at 5.32. Don't, don't you think that that culture goes from the top? I think if you employ people that are like-minded and, and that understand and have a lot of respect. So when you employ a person from the start, I think you, you're looking at not so much whether it's the right skill of that person, but is that person got the right values? And, and I suppose I look at it as a team. So I go, do I think that person can fit the team? Right. Yeah, so if I don't, well then, you know, look, I've, I've turned away people that I've felt yeah, that, no. <laughs> had, that, that have been what I would have thought would have been an outstanding salesperson that I just, my gut feeling told me that they were gonna probably affect the team that I had. So being protective of that team, if I could bring person in that could be a good salesperson, but I might lose four or five team members, is that good? No, it's not good, so. You sound like, almost like a sports coach or a sports captain, you know? I mean, it, it, that must be something that's coming from your sports day or, or, or your sports mentality. Yeah, because I was involved in sports from, from a very early age, every team that I was involved in were very, very successful, you know? Because I, you were around? Not that. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. No, I had some very good coaches. I had right. some very good coaches. And, uh, and what, I, what I found was is that if you had a lot of people that had fun together, but had each other's back and put effort in all the time, even when you're, even when you're a little bit down, you, you, you put effort in. I always found that from day one that that was a successful formula, where if your team is always happy and, and together as one and everyone is like a team, not individuals, the games and the competitions that we didn't win, I look back at them and there was chinks in the armour. They we weren't as a team. Right. So I've, so, and I've just realised from that moving forward that if you build a good team around you, whether it's at work, a sport, netball, you, whatever it is, it, it could be an individual, you know, like a, a triathlete. 
you know, they've got a team around them. And if you've got a, if you've got a good team around you, it's success comes from that. Mm. So I've tried to put that into everything I do. And at home, I've got a team around me as well now. You know, like I, my kids are on board. You know, my wife's on board. All the people that support us, I look at them as as a big family. But it is a team. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like and now we've got carers for Bobby that come in and give Jodie a bit of respite where she can go and do it. They're part of our team. And when they come in, if I feel that they're not probably the same sort of values or they're on the same page, then I my nose starts twitching and I maybe make some changes. That's my philosophy a lot around teams. There's one thing that I really learned from uh, having spent these years around you is your definition of mateship. You've got a definition of mateship that is to me more than just a word. Your mateship is really about being around when someone needs you, not just being around for a good time. Yeah, and I think that's something that again, going back to my dad, is is that he was a good mate to mate and he was always there to help. And and I was very fortunate that I grew up with a really good core bunch of blokes that we were there for each other. Um, And for that, as I said, I've, I've found that I've had a lot of fun and happiness and life's brought me so many good things because of my friends. And I said that to all my kids when they're growing up. I said, one of the biggest things, I said, I want you to do your schoolwork, but even bigger than that, I want you to gravitate to good people and, and have good friends because that will get you through life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yes, education will get you through, you know, you're working and pay the bills, but you need people around you to get you through life. You know, somebody to help you, someone to pick you up when you're down, somebody to maybe just help you or give you a little bit of advice on, on this and that. So if you've got that right people around you, and I've, I've been fortunate to have good people around me, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, through, through everything. Yeah, I've seen it even at work, not, not just inside your own office. I've seen you behave with other leaders from other offices when you somehow almost sense it when they're struggling and <laughs> it seems like you're the one picking up the phone and calling them and asking them whether they need you around. I mean, I've, I also remember that the, the time when your daughter was in hospital right, uh, going through a heavy operation. And yet you took the time to go down and visit an office in Monavale and give them not only the full day, but giving them your phone number and asking them to call you and you call them every day just to look after them while your daughter is in hospital. Is it not a bit exaggerating? I mean, I understand the laws of mateship, but mateship, should it be above family? Well, this is the, I, get, I go back to the team, is, is that I know that, I know that there, I have my wife there in hospital with her. Yeah. Uh, Jody's mother and father were there and they're very supportive. And, and so I knew that Jody had support. So not only did was, Jody had a good team of doctors and that around Bobby. So, so, I, so that made me think, okay, well, the team, the people around her, I know that there's a good team there. If there wasn't a good team there, then I would have had to be there. But because that team is there, then that allowed me then to make sure that I could then go off and help somebody else because I know that one day when I really do need help, that people will be there for me as well. So I knew that Jodie was in good hands with the team around her. So then whilst there's an office in need, I felt that I had time on my hands. So what would be... uh, um maybe two or three points that you would advise someone now on developing mateship with somebody? Um, 
few drinks. Um, yep. <laughs> a few drinks always go. And a, we know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> just, I think, generally caring about what a person does in their life, you know, and maybe given your point of view in terms of helping them and say, listen, you know, like, because some people I think feel like they're a mate with somebody, but they have a conversation, but they don't necessarily give any feedback on on so when you someone when you're talking to somebody they're obviously going to say how do you go how did you go with that this and how did you do with that and you might they might tell you and you might go oh yeah yeah that was good and you just agree with them you never actually give anything because it's the easy option is to say nothing and say oh that was that was good you did well yeah i like i think well what about if you did this and i'll offer some advice now that advice might not be right yeah but i might say one thing that just might make that person go, wow, actually, I didn't think about that. Next time I go out there and play that game of tennis or next time I go out there and do that run, I'll actually think of that and that might be a little bit different. So I think once that person knows that, that's when I think you get a true friend for life because they go, that person made a difference in what I was doing. Yep. But I always, I'm, I'm pretty straightforward and black and white, and I've, I've always got something to say. Um, and whether it's right or wrong, mm-hmm. but I feel like if I say something, and that's why I, I, I listen to a lot of people as well. I've walked past groups of training people where a 15-year-old kid is coaching a group of 12-year-old kids. And I'll actually walk past and listen to what the 15-year-old's saying and I'll pick up one thing that that 15-year-old might say that I'll go, wow, that was, I'm going to add that into my little vocabulary. Yeah, I you understand. Know? So just just having that ability to do that, I think, is and um, giving giving some information back rather than just receiving. I get that. So in, in a lot of um, what you're saying, there's more than the gift of time. There's, there's uh, as a mate, we're not only giving each other time, we're also making sure that we're giving each other true feedback on yes. what we see, right? Yep. Is there a boundary, Rod? I mean, should there be a boundary? Look, depending on the, depending on the information that is there, I think there is some boundaries, yeah. But if, if you know that it's generally in the best interest of that person, then no, it's got to be, I'll always say it. Yeah. And even if it affects maybe that, that I might upset that person, I know that that will be a short-term mm-hmm. um, issue. But in the long term, if, that's a, if I know that that's a true mate, that person will come back. And uh, even if they're a bit annoyed with me or whatever it may be, I, I know that they might. They'll, they'll think, think about what was said. But there are certain, I think there is, a, there is boundaries at, at times. Okay. So, for example, when I, I, I had a friend and... Um, giving that person a piece of advice. It was a bit brutal. And uh, I uh, had told him off about not going to work, that he should have gone to work, that even though he's got a trip coming up, the trip is only two weeks away. Those two weeks should have been spent on work. And that person went for a trip of three weeks anyway and came back and after a month, they still haven't called me back. Even though they said, I'll call you as soon as I'm back what would you qualify that and how how would you handle that if you were me if i was expecting a call in that first few days when they and i knew they were back and i didn't get the call i'd ring him right i'd ring him and basically say what's going on where was the call yeah yeah you know, I, I i would confront that and uh yeah i just that's how i would do it yeah and so what if they they said listen you know i'm i'm still not out of my Holiday mode? Yeah. Leave me alone. I'll call you when I'm ready. How would you qualify that 
friendship, mateship? Yeah, look, I think then, then you sort of, I suppose with that, maybe there's a reason why they're not doing it. And then I would probably try to get to the bottom of it. So I'd, I'd certainly, I wouldn't do it by a phone call. The next one, I'd say, listen, we need to catch up. Um, because if that person's putting something off, when I know that, look, everyone has some holiday or everyone has some breaks, you go back to work that day, that's when you start working. Mm, so mm. I don't understand why people may need that. So then I would think that there might have been a deeper problem or an issue. So And then I don't think it should be done over a phone call. Then I, I, I'd say, listen, we need to catch up. And I'd find out what was, what was the issue. Yeah. So your mateship with the team, tell us a few things that you do with them. From a social point of view, I always like to um, have bonding sessions. Okay. Um, what is that? Look. For many Australian blokes, it's getting around having a beer. Oh, I see, I see. It was not tying up to a bed. <laughs> <laughs> None of that stuff, no. <laughs> not at all. Uh, yeah, look, I, I, getting a group of mates together, whether it's a team of guys or a team of girls, getting them together in a room or wherever it is, um, you tend to have fun, you know, like, and, and whether there's games or whatever whatever it may be, you know, and, and like, look, as I said, I, I've got a group of boys that like to have a drink, like to have a, a social bet, um, and to have a bit of a fun, and you know, whether there's a pool involved or something like that, but just having people together and having fun, it gives them time away from what they may be doing. So individually, yeah. if you've got 15 people there, you're gonna ha potentially have five people that might bond with each other more than they've ever bonded. Yeah. So because when we have our everyday life, we're so busy, a bonding thing together will allow that to happen because you've finally now got time to actually, geez, I wanna find out a little bit more about Thomas, or I wanna find out a little bit more about Josh, or something like that. Because in our lives, we don't get that. Yep. So, well, let's go and make it happen. Let's go and spend half a day down here and, and, and you walk away and, and sometimes you didn't know something about that person that you now know. Yep. Even you might have played football or whatever it is for the last five years with them and you actually never really knew about that point. And then that might be one thing that might just trigger a connection with that person. So when you're out on the battlefield or the football field, if you want to call it, those two people now have got each other's backs. Right, right. And that wouldn't have happened before. Okay, so when you have a group of 15 people like this, do you uh, focus on that nucleus of five people to develop the mateship and everything else is satellite, or do you make sure you, you develop some kind of mateship with the 15? Uh, yeah, look, the, generally with the 15. Uh, I, wow, I, you find yourself yeah. having that time? Because this is what I was going to say to you. Uh, when do you say to yourself, no, that person doesn't qualify for my mateship? I mean, based on the values you said earlier, that's how you do with the, yeah. the salespeople that you employ. But yeah. how do you do that? I mean, do you find sometimes that, you know, going full on and giving mateship to someone who doesn't deserve it is a waste of time? Yeah, you will always get that. But if you ever watch me at a party, I'll never stay in one spot all night. No, I noticed that. Yeah, you never. do the worm everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's well, coming to the end, that. <laughs> but I'll never stay in the one spot. I always like to just hop and just say to go to people and that sort of stuff. Yeah, sure, look, everyone is not my cup of tea, you know, like you might say, but that doesn't mean that I can't give them a bit of love. Yeah. You know, so, and I think that, that sure, their bond may not be as strong, and that's going to happen in a group of people. If you've got a group of 20 people, there's always people that not quite loving 
that other person across the room or, or, or and even in your teams. Some of the guys, you know, even in some of the teams I've had um, that I've been involved in, I go, yeah, he's not my cup of tea, but I respect him and and I'll give him I'll give him the time and if he needs a hand I'll be there for him. But you, you, you we always find that sort of I suppose that that leveling out where you always gravitate to certain people. But I always know that the person that is the quiet one in the corner, they're the pe- person that you could get the most out of, and you, and they might need help. They might be somebody that's a bit they don't know how to communicate as well. So I sometimes tend to want to pick out that person and and have a chat with them too. Mm. I mean, the reason I said that is that I, I do know uh, what you do at work for your people. And one of the things that I usually look at when, I, when gauging the quality of leadership in someone is how they are with their children. Yep. And I know that with your children, you guys have got an, an enormous bond and somehow also respect for each other. Mm. What, what is it that Rod Dillon or Jody Dillon, probably the boss of the house, <laughs> what is it that you guys do to stir that kind of bond that is like cement with your children? Not only, not only they want to spend time around you, but, but they have that level of respect. Yeah, look, I, uh, that's a really tough question because, um, you know, I just know it's my duty to, to um, I suppose, just have fun with them and, and, and really, and this goes back to your mateship, I think instilling a good, strong foundation, work ethic in a person, sometimes even when you know the easy option is to turn a blind eye to something that they do wrong, uh, I think deep down, if they can see that you are genuinely trying to help them, and, and that's what I want to do for my kids, I told them, I said, you know, I'm, I, I won't apologise for being a hard dad, but I'll always be there for you, and if you ever need any help, you know, like you know you can ask me for anything, but I'm always trying to make a difference in their lives, I want to make it better and make, make their life and upbringing, you know, happy and fun and all that sort of stuff. So, and Jody's the same, Jody's on the same page with me with that, and again, you talk about team... You know, Jody and I are very, very different. Chalk and cheese. Here I am a drinker, and she's a non-drinker. Um, so uh, I'm a bit of. I can be the life of the party, and she'd like to stay in the corner. Yep. So we're very, very, very different, and I think that works well because there's times where they can't handle dad anymore, so they go to mum, and mum will give them the. You know, she she's the, a bit quieter, and 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 sometimes. But she's very, very, very level-headed, Joe. Very practical, level-headed. So, you know, Jody and I, you know, we we come from pretty, you know, like just working-class backgrounds where you know you you basically mateship is everything in life, and we try to instill that in the kids. And I think they realise when they see it's like monkey see, monkey do. Right. So when they see the happiness and the the people that we have around us, and and that. They want a piece of that. They like that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still very competitive. I like, you know, I, I like winning, and I try. I don't want my kids to win. I just want them to give their best. But uh, you know, life sometimes is a bit of a competition. You know, like you always got to try and improve yourself and grow, and and you know, and I think that um, I've put that into the kids where they can see that I'm still at my age, still wanting to to compete and improve myself and and that. So again you'd lead by your actions and you hope they're going to lead with you and that's where you get that respect I think from them and look I've made a lot of mistakes with my kids and and I think probably the probably the biggest the biggest thing I've probably learned is 
when I've done something wrong, and this is where I think a little bit of risk that you get that respect is when I've done something wrong, I've actually gone into their bedroom and apologized and said, dad was wrong there, you know, and I accept that I've done this and done that. And then you know that you're vulnerable and they see, okay, well, he's not always trying to be right. So being in a position where you can actually admit that you're wrong, I, I think that's one of the hardest things. And it took me a while because I, it was hard for me, but now I actually, I go in there and I know when I'm wrong. Oh, wow. I think that that's um, not just with education. I think that's a great piece of advice for even in mateship. Mm. Now, I, I find that you are a very inspiring dude. You, I mean, you always, always have a smile on your face. Where do you find that inspiration? Uh, there has to be some inspiration <laughs> in your life. Yeah, look, it's, um, I think it's in your DNA a little bit. I think it's Shit, just... so for all these people who are not, <laughs> that is at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> look, I definitely think that you, you get inspiration from other people. And, and, and look, I, I've only got to wake up every day and it's quite easy for me because I look at Bobby and my, and my daughter. So she, I look at what she goes through every day and that's enough for me to get going. Mm. But I also look at other people that, um, you know, that are, that are starting out in business and in our real estate, you know, like there's there's quite a few offices where they're a one-man show and they're trying to build up from there. And, and Troy and I have been down that track. And, and for me, I recognise how hard and tough that is. And it's a, it's a, it's a lonely, lonely sort of walk. So, so what, is it impossible for them to find inspiration? No, it's not. They just have to look to other people and other sources to get that inspiration. Like you look at Bobby. Yeah, exactly. You know, mm. so you, you'll you'll always find it. There's so much, there's so much happening out there in the world that's good and bad, and you can look at the bad, and that's hardly going to give you inspiration. But you can also look at the bad, and say, well, I, I'm certainly not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, or I don't want that, or that's not going to happen to me. And then, but, but there's so much good in the world that people always want to look at the, uh, the, the crap. Yeah, know? because sometimes if you look at the crap and if you look at it close enough, you start to feel good about your own crap because it's not as crappy as the crap that you've seen. Seen, yeah, <laughs> look, and, and, and that's okay. But I, I, I still think that um, you've got to have the energy and, you know, we've got, got a responsibility. Again, we've got a duty. We've got a responsibility to get up every day. But... You can take inspiration from so many other people. As I said, I get it from, from Bobby. I get it from my wife. You know, like the stuff that she has to do when she wakes up, I know that she gets very, she runs on very little sleep. So I go, I can't complain. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She's got half the sleep I have. So what am I complaining for? You know, I look at my son, he gets up two hours earlier than me and goes to work and works hard as a, you know, as, as a carpenter, apprentice carpenter. And, and I go, wow. And I go, I feel fulfilled because I go, he gets up so early. So he's got the right DNA. So all your children have got the positive DNA inspiration. <laughs> no, I'm just asking this because a lot of people are gonna be out there saying, hold on, I've got no, no chance or my, my, my kids got no chance. And, and, and right now you've been talking about environment. You've been talking about like Jody, your son, Bobby. So is it in the DNA or is it in the entourage or is it in our focus, in, our, in us focusing on the good things in life? So what is it? Is that DNA now? No, it's, there's a lot of, 
there's a lot that are in your, that are in your DNA. The makeup of you as a person, mm -hmm. it's you know, it's like a gifted. I go back to football because there's a lot of what I know. But some people can be the laziest footballers, but they're so naturally gifted and, and brilliant. So that's in their DNA. That's it. That was what they made. They just didn't turn up and and they didn't have to work hard. Whereas other have to work hard for it. Mm -hmm. So I do know that that. Some people will always have those qualities in them, but you know, I, I, I had to work hard to, to get to sort of certain areas that I needed to do, but I did it with hard work. But again, you get that from taking inspiration from other people and, and not all my children. No, I, I, it's their they're hard work. Their hard work, <laughs> <laughs> their hard work. It, it, it's, it's very tough. It is tough being a parent and being uh, a dad being a, a business owner, it's it's hard work. It's every day is challenging, every day is hard work. But you're not alone. That's one thing that I always say to myself is when I get up and, and in the morning, I know there's other people that are worse than me. Yeah. And I know, and that's where I go, get up and get into it, make a bit of a difference in that day, you know? Mm. So now let's go back to um, the uh, touch football because you, You've been saying it a few times. I just want to let people know that you're more a real estate agent than you're a, a football player, right? <laughs> football is not something he makes money out of. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Right? Just want to let our audience know that football is only something he does on the side to uh, relieve himself from some of the daily pressure, but also maybe because he likes to cultivate some of the virtues that you get out of touch football, right? Because you, you're also uh, training young kids Correct? Yeah. yeah. You're also world champion. Yeah, I've been lucky enough to, to win uh, three, well, in, in Oztag that was, but uh, win three World Cups. Right. Uh, which, was, which was, I was very fortunate. And again, we're in very good teams. Yes. Uh, and some good coaches and, and good, everyone around, as I said, it, it needs a complete team to, to do that. But yeah, look, um, it's the environment that you put yourself in. Yep. And, and we all talk about, a lot of times you talk about association. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and I think all the way along, you've got to look at people and you go, you know, if, is that, am I going to get somewhere in life if, if I hang around a person that doesn't share the same qualities or the same values and, and all that sort of stuff? Am I going to get somewhere in life being around that person? So it's important now association, you know, and the environment we put ourselves in is, is very important. Okay. So let's now take some of those things and put it back into our work context. You're in the office now. We can't treat our employees as if they are our children, right? Mm. So what if their DNA is that they're negative, they've got good values at the beginning and hence you have employed them, but they have the tendency of going negative. How do you deal with this? Uh, look, I always, I always like to just sit down and have a chat with the person and find out is that there'd be something normally that's deeper that's making them negative. Um, because when we first employed them, you know, we didn't see any of that. So if that's starting to creep into, into their daily work, we need to find out obviously what's going on with that. And, and that's a, the beauty again of, of an office. If you've got people, good people around you, you've got other sounding boards and people that are there yes. that, that are watching and they've got their ears and eyes and all that sort of stuff. So there's times where you can't pick up everything and it might be that you know, you know, Troy or Josh or, or Anthony or, or Michelle or, or somebody might say, oh, they're a bit down, something's going on or whatever like that. So, 
and not all it's not always me if i see something then i think hang on if i recognize that maybe i'm not the right person to approach that i might sort of say go and have a chat because they I, I can feel that the bond between maybe them and another person might be might be better yes and i can sense it Mm-mm. so i might sort of go and have a chat with the person to say listen i think you go and take them out for coffee or go and I th- something's not quite right there mm-hmm. so being able to sort of address those things and 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 if we can help them but as i said i don't always see me as being the person that has to do it but i'll i'll be able to find it yep now just uh, to end this give me five tips as a business owner now looking after your team as a team as a family as a bunch of mates what would be five things that you would advise someone to do uh first of all i would go and try and find a place to have some fun a bonding session now whether or not that's how often do you do that probably once a quarter in the year so i'd yeah. i'd like to think that and we we have some major major events that we do during the year um that include the awards night with with our uh, wisery network and and also the the yearly heart or the yearly conference though so they're quite good bonding sessions but not always with the team the team doesn't always come to them but we have regular uh we're now doing some social tennis games so one i think having bonding whether it's small or large but having them on a regular basis is very important for a business mm-hmm. that's one to start with the right habits in, in 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 your day so ensuring the office actually starts with 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 good habits how do you know it's a good habit uh, by their results mm-hmm. just by their their output their yeah. what they what they put out in a day you know if it's if they've got good habits from the start you you, you tend to see that i think most people go to work and if they have bad habits you, you can see the outcome and the output of that person is far far you know not nowhere near it should be okay all right here it is what's a bad habit and what's a good habit just an example i understand by looking at the results but sometimes you don't just see the results straight away yeah but bad habits i i got one of your good habits you said it at the beginning i think your good habits at 8:30 on the dot training start that's a good habit it gets everyone's mind into uh, 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 focused yeah yeah So yeah. what would be a bad habit for example that maybe some other young leaders may not recognize maybe some other employees may not recognize oh not not attending if you've got a training sessions or or something that is important for the team or a team meeting bad habits is not attending that team on time you know coming 5 minutes late i think that's that's a lack of respect and a bad habit so or a bad you, habit might be starting you know not not starting the day with your diary or looking at um you know looking at what a to-do's list of what to do you know like sort of just if you're not doing that you're just coming in the office and just sort of winging it well you know got bad habits straight away so so how do you do your to-do list on a daily basis well let's start it's a it's a revolving day-to-day thing yeah. um you never you never complete everything on your to-do's list each day because there might be something out of your power that's with that you're waiting on from somebody else to get back to you yep. and you've done everything in your power to 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 cross that to do off um do you sit in the morning and write the list down yep so so you'll go through the things that then but but that's a it's an ongoing to do thing so yeah that to do's list is something that gets big it just seems to get bigger it's, it never ends yep and for me I'll then move it forward to the next day so I out of 20 things I might have seven things that I wasn't able to complete. 
-hmm. and those seven things are moved over to the next day and there might be another five or ten things that get added to that and I might have completed 15 so I've still got five to go and I'll just keep moving them forward so they get added on and moved on but that's how I know during the day that nothing gets missed. Yeah, but how do you know, do you have an order in, in your to-do list, an uh, order of priority, I mean? Yeah, so on my to-dos list, I'll actually just circle the number of that, that to-do to, that has to be done. Yes. You can't go home without that. Um, so I'll prioritise that in the day, and uh, you know, and then there's ones that aren't a priority, and I know to leave them till, till, till the end of the day. Okay. So what, what's your next advice? You've given us two now. One that is finding a place where people can bond at least once a quarter. The other thing is to start with the right habit. Yeah, um, recruiting. Right. Is always looking for a new team. A, a team. So recruiting, I've found that um, that has been a huge lesson for me. In um, what way? Well, I just thought that um, you could do it all on your own. And again, my hard work ethic, I realised that I'm only able to do so much in a day. Mm -hmm. I realised that you needed to have team people around there. So, and I tended to sometimes think that you've got enough people, we can do it with this. And I quickly found out that you need to keep recruiting because you know, one day somebody, you know, someone might decide that they're moving to the other side of the world or whatever it is. But yeah. recruiting was is very very important. Mm. What's your fourth one? Hard work. Right. Hard work, I don't think, from a business point of view, um, it won't be successful without good old-fashioned hard work. What is hard work? I mean, is it getting, making sure that your time is filled up? Yeah, look, uh, it's a good question. Um, hard work is, is, I suppose you're trying to make every post a winner. You get it, the output of the day, you want to ensure that you're not in there just for the time of eight hours or nine hours or 10 hours in there. You, you, you're in there to try and make sure that you can go home and you're satisfied that you've done everything possible to get the results that you needed to do for that day. And that comes a lot of times. It's easy to take the easy options in, in at work. And I think that getting in there and working hard and not looking for distractions or excuses or anything like that, just to, just to fill the day. I got caught up, oh, this happened, this happened, this happened. So if somebody comes in and sees me that drops in, you know, like that was unannounced, a, a friend just was walking past, and they want to chat with me for half an hour. Yeah, I've got to give, but I've got to, I've got to pick that half an hour up somewhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yep, it means that I've probably either got to stay back or skip my lunch or whatever I've got to do. But I want to make sure that I still get that done. Yeah. For me, hard work. I've always put that into a an acronym uh, that says it's about tick, you know. And the tick is T I C. Hard work for me is a combination of time. So when you have, you have that time, be it it's nine to five, you have to use the most of that nine to five, not just sit down the end of the day and when you make an account, it only comes down to an hour and a half, mm -hmm. right? And the I is intensity. When you, when you work, it has to be intense. And when you're that intense, suddenly you know you're giving the best of yourself. I've seen people who, Yes, they dare. <laughs> They're working hard. Yes, they really focus on uh, on the activity, but it's not intense. It's they spend ten minutes asking themselves whether they should make that call. They uh, when they are in the activity, instead of pushing it to the end goal, they they pushing it 
but they quit too early. You know, they, 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 because they're not using the best of themselves. They use fears instead of focusing on all their strength. And then the C for me is commitment, is that if you got that end goal, hard work has to go for that end goal. Mm, hard, definitely. hard work cannot be just about time spent. Yeah. Right? And I see that about you. I've, I've been into your office where sometimes I can see it on your face. It's like, I get, I get that, you know? It's like, Thomas, get out of here quickly. This guy's got other things on his plate. He's, mm. He doesn't have the time for you. Which, again, it's a second way of you making some quite, quite some insult uh, <laughs> or make me feel bad whenever I see you. But so, I, 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 I've learned to live with that too. Some people normally call it the look. <laughs> I give them the look. <laughs> What about number five? Time management and systems. Mm. Time management and systems. So I know you touched on then about getting the best out of the day with time, you know, with your time. Yeah, I like to talk about it one of these days because I think that you're master of that. Actually, I was planning on asking you about it today. <laughs> but as we were talking about this, I, I actually noticed that you, the aspect of mateship about you is the strongest I've seen in, in, in people. You, to me, represent that, that mateship that they really talk um, when they talk about the Anzac spirit. Mm. You know, you don't ask people to make sacrifice. You don't say to people, I need you to reduce uh, this income or I need you to reduce your, your, your commission um, because I can't really pay you because, because I, I, I can't afford it. I, I, you have that aspect about, no, if they've done their work, if, if they are here in the trenches, it, what is it that I'm doing? Mm. Am I doing my fair share to get that happening? rather than going and, and punishing the people outside yourself, you know? Yep. It's an amazing how I've noticed in your definition of mateship, you, the demand and the sacrifice you make on yourself when things get hard is hardest on yourself. Yep. And I thought I needed to go into this mateship thing. The hence we're doing it this time, but let's go back to your time management for a second. So tell me, what is it that Rod Dylan does with time management? Just being organized being organised, um, and that's, again, that starts with the day of good habits. In real estate, you get so many things thrown at you, left, right and centre, whether or not you're a salesperson, a sales manager, a receptionist, yep. every single role in a real estate office has so many different things thrown at them. And I'm not saying that in, in other jobs, that's the same, but how you manage all those is the important part. And that's where I come back to the to-dos list is, is that, so you might be stuck in your block time for a certain role that you need to get done, but I get a shout out or a phone call and say, Rod, can you send me the email on this or this or this, or can you send me that or can you do this for me? I'll write that down and make sure that I'll get that done. So now that might not be important to get done now. They just want to done that today. Mm -hmm. So I'll keep going with what was important in that moment there now. And then once I've finished that, then I try and look at what I can knock off on that to-dos list. Right. Okay. And then I might be able to knock two or three things off and then I've got to start my next block. Block. Yeah. Or whatever you, that You might mentioned be. the word block, which is, which is just that amount of time that you really want to focus on just that activity. That, yeah. Correct. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, so, and so I'll have little breaks in between those times where I go, right, oh, well, geez, I can knock off four or five things in, that, yeah, in yeah. that time, or I'll make a few of those phone calls and wait for that to come back. So a lot of times being organised and, and getting those things done there 
is, is, is very, very important. So that to-dos list is so important because if you don't have, and again, that system, this, the, the database for a system there, your memory is only so good. So if you're not either writing something down or you have a system in a database that actually reminds you, your headspace has only got so much. So I need to rely on something telling me. And that can only be by it's written down in paper to tell me, make sure you get that part done. And it will be anything to do with real estate related, non-real estate related. It might be that my daughter says, Dad, can you print the email out for an assignment that I've got? That goes on that to-dos list. So I don't need to do it right now, mm. but before I go home, I'll scan that to-dos list and go, okay, what, and I, I can't get that done, I'm waiting for that to get done. Bang, 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 oh, here it is, print before I go home. I'll get that done, cross it off. You know, my oh, wife might nice. say, grab some milk on the way home. I don't need to do it at 12 o'clock in the day, but she might have rang me because it was on her mind at 12 o'clock in the day. But it's if it's not written down, I, I'm going to forget it. Yeah. And if it's not in the system, in the database, I'm going to forget it. It might be a lead or something to follow up. So I need that to tell me. So I rely on that systems to make sure that my time management and I'm not chasing my tail. I'm not going here, there, everywhere, all day, every day and realising that I my activity was pretty strong but I actually forgot to do 10 things out of 20. Yep, yep. So but we've got to rely on something and that's what I rely on. And, and you've got to, it's almost like a Bible. You've got to believe in it. You've got to make sure that you don't dance around it or, or whatever. You've got to be true to it. You've got to yep. be true to it. Okay. Well, Rod, I had to say um, I've learned a few things about mateship. And, and, and as you know, I'm very strong on mateship. But um, I've learned a few things. The um, mateship is uh, also at home. Mm. I thought that you had to be a parent at home. But there's that role between parenting and also being a mate at some stage. And... Um, uh, thank you very much for your input today, and um, hopefully I'll, I'll get you back here uh, for some more topics because I think that there's a lot of wisdom into you. I've, I've known you now for maybe over 15 years. Mm. I've seen your growth, and man, it's like a rocket for the moment. The last two years is like a rocket, you know? Yeah, well, I've looked at, and again, I, I'm fortunate of having people like yourself, as I said, around me, and, and, and I felt that my growth has come from people like yourself and, and um, you know, and making sure that you, that you put things into perspective. But what I realised is people think they've got too much time in their hands. They, they don't have enough time to get something done. And I've realised that I've got still so much time to give. There's so many blocks in my day that I can still give. Wow. <laughs> and, and so I know that sometimes I feel like I've had a bludge of a day because I haven't been able to, I should have done this and this and this, but I, I realised by giving so much and time and help to people, it's like karma, it, it will come back and look after it. I don't do it for that because I know that'll look after itself anyway, yeah. but the satisfaction that I now get in helping other people um, in my business, my, my, my teammates, I've now found that that's more important in life and that's something that probably drives me more is, is if I can see somebody getting better whether it's the person from the start or a person that's right near the top that still needs to go a little bit higher, I get a lot of satisfaction out of helping people. So, yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for your, your help too. You've, uh, you've helped me probably understand things that I didn't know about myself.
So, you know, I, as I said, I, I give a lot of that to having good people around me. And again, go back to team. You know, as far as I'm concerned, you're on my team. Veronique's on my team and you're, you know, and the other Wisebury owners, they're on my team as well. Mm. Thank you very much, Rod. No Talk worries. to you soon. Pleasure.